welcome to season three of the Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by the one and only Matt McLeod, who I was introduced to through Nick Sorrell. He actually told me I should have him on. Good dude. I take Nick Sorrell's advice very seriously. And so here we are, episode 184. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. This is, uh, uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. And, and shout out to Nick for for giving me at least somewhat of a good recommendation. That's good. Nick's a great guy, so I'm excited, man. I mean, he's a deep thinker. That's what I like about him. I like when he uh, gets really uh, introspective with his posts and Mm -hmm. one of the best writers that I know. Um, My audience might not be familiar with you, and so I want you to introduce yourself in the way that you would if you were making a new friend. I actually listened to, I'll give you a shout out to your podcast. You have the More Than Fitness podcast. You recently did a a short episode on how to make friends. So how would you make a friend with a podcast? How would you introduce yourself in that capacity? Yeah, I mean, it typically, uh, I think, think typically what I say is like, I'm an online fitness coach and a registered dietitian. I think that's the, the typical go-to answer from there. Uh, if I want to sound really fancy, I'd say that I'm like a, a business owner, right? Um, but for the most part, yeah, that that's it. That's that's what I do. I'm I'm 27 years old. I'm currently in Lexington, Kentucky, um, and yeah, man, I I like doing the More Than Fitness podcast. I appreciate you shouting that out. And, and yeah, um, other than that, you know, it's just I feel like people can get too in depth with the the introductions, and I think that sometimes that can turn people off just from from that point forward. So I'm actually going to cut it there and just say, yeah, I'm a fitness coach. I'm a 27 year old dude just trying to uh, make his way and um, make some friends along the way. So yeah, happy to, to be here and, and hopefully we can share some knowledge with the people. Definitely. And I mean, that was a perfect introduction. It just kind of makes it easier for people to digest and like they have the key points. Um, something that kind of amidst the many things that stand out, it's like when I'm looking for somebody to be on the show, I kind of like keep an eye on them for a bit. And I noticed that you were able to produce a lot of like, a lot of content and I mean just like going through the flow of your website was clean and and succinct Um, but first of all like I I ask many fellow podcast hosts like what first inspired you to be the host of a show and also more importantly why is there a sheep on the cover (laughs) like nothing against sheep I'm just like I've always wondered and now I have my chance to ask you Right. Yeah. So, so first with the sheep, the, as the, as the cover of the more than fitness podcast, um, that was actually in Iceland. So that was with a real sheep. It's not Photoshop. That's what sometimes people say. I'm like, no, that's actually, I was on a sheep farm in Iceland. And, uh, that was taken, that was taken several years ago. And honestly, I just love, I I have different hair clearly now. And that, that was, yeah, like I said, quite, quite some time ago, but the, the cover art, the colors, and just that picture in general, it draws in that curiosity because the title and then you see the sheep and you're like, what the, what the hell is the sheep about? Can we cuss? Are we good? Yeah. 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 You should be good. Just as long as it's authentic, you know, (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll keep, I'll keep it somewhat tame, but it's just like that, that is actually, that's a good point because that is authentic to me. It's like, I, what am I going to put on the cover? You know, that I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to think too, too hard about it. I know the colors are bright. You see me, I'm a handsome guy. I've got a great smile. And then the sheep is super cute and it draws in curiosity and it can get people to listen to the show. Uh, and then that's kind of the the whole idea behind it. Um, but I'll probably change it at some point, but just not yet. Uh, but I, I started the podcast purely for selfish reasons. And that is so that I can talk to people smarter than me and try to make them my friend. You know, so my... In my family, my dad, uh, he's been an entrepreneur. He owns his own auto body business. He's done that for the past like 40 years, basically. Didn't go to college. 
essentially just bootstrapped from the from the beginning and, and has worked on cars his entire life. So he talks to all types of people all the time. He's great at conversing with people. And then my mom is even she's just like at the time with if there was levels or percentiles of EQ and talking with people, it's like she my mom is going to be at the very top. She works at the local hospital and she is actually the director of physician recruiting. So she hires every single doctor that comes to the hospital. And it's like, you have to, especially being from Kentucky, right? You don't have tons of experience with international people, right? And so people who may not be able to talk the same as you or have different different culture views than you. Um, and so you have to be able to play the mental jujitsu to talk to those people. And so the roundabout point that I'm making here is that my mom and dad, my parents are amazing talkers with people and they, they have a great emotional intelligence. They get along with people. They can make friends very easily. And they have luckily, at least I hope so, passed some of those traits down to myself. And I know that connecting with people is one of my strengths and it's something that uh, um, it really fills me up. Like it's really meaningful. Like having this conversation, having this conversation with you right now, I don't care if three people see it or, or 3 million people see it. I'm just glad, especially in, in, in my line of work of being a remote worker, spending a lot of time on the laptop, these types of, of, of meaningful conversations without any other distractions is just so rare. And whenever you, you have a good podcast, whenever you have a good conversation, whether it's on a podcast or not, for me, it's just like, there's few things in life that really get me going more so than a great conversation with somebody. Um, and so it just makes it that much better whenever I can have these conversations, use it as an excuse to talk to a, a role model or somebody smarter than I am, and also give the listener some some valuable information in the meantime. So it's it's my favorite thing because it's a win-win-win, right? It's a win for everybody. And, and that excites me. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons why. I started the podcast. Awesome answer. And it's very relatable. I mean, just like, as I was saying before we got started here, it's just, I've been crushing out podcast episodes this week. And it, for me, it does fill my bucket. Like when I have the ability to schedule it into the week, like basically I would max out on podcasts every week if I could. It's like, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of yeah. organizational logistics, but it's basically kind of like supercharging. Um, I use it's fun. Well, I mean, fun, I, I used That's an analogy a while back. It was like Yu-Gi-Oh or something. I never watched that show, but it was like when they are like charging up or whatever. That's what I feel as a podcast host. I'm like whenever reaching, his hair like turns blue. Yeah, like reaching level yeah. three thousand or whatever. It exactly. Hey, man, I I played Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, RuneScape. We'll go through everything. Just all, all the old games. Yeah, I'm, I'm about it. That's awesome. Um, so I usually try and like figure out what kind of uh, fitness professional a person across the table from me is and I will also give the context that sometimes I don't even I'll interview people who are business owners sometimes I'll interview people who are like general population and they have an inspiring story so I keep my audience guessing but with respect to the fact that you're in the industry um, what was your introduction were you like an athlete were you somebody that experienced weight loss were you did you get your heart broken Let, let's hear the the dirt <laughs> Uh, no, no, no heartbreaks, luckily, at least not at the start. Um, but with getting into fitness mostly came from playing high school football. And so my sophomore year, I was uh, a skinny, tall kid, probably about 5'10", 5'11", uh, around probably 155, 160-ish. So just kind of, you know, a normal, normal kid. Um, and I played cornerback in football. And uh, I was also a running back, but I, I played varsity corner. Uh, on defense, but I didn't play varsity running back, but I knew that I would eventually. And so that meant I needed to, I needed to get bigger, stronger and faster. Right. And the, the easiest way to do that was to get in the weight room. And so I, I don't worry, I'll try and make this as quick as I can. I, I went in the weight room one day, just randomly, I'd go after practice and, and, you know, a kid in high school doesn't really know what they're doing. I was doing arms like all day, every day. Like I just sat on the preacher curl. I was like, this looks good. I saw another dude probably doing some type of like chest press or something. I was like, oh, that's probably a good idea, you know? And so I would just ramble around the, uh, the weight room, not really knowing what I'm doing. Well, one of the varsity running backs who still has records to this day, 
kind of like a short, stocky, mixed guy, probably about 230 pounds, was like a bowling ball. But he was very re well respected on the team. Um, and he came up to me because, we, you know, I was running back. So I did drills with him. So we knew each other. And he would he came over to me and, and was like, hey, bro, he's and, and I'm not even going to try and do his voice. But he said, hey, bro, he's like, you're doing it all wrong. As I was sitting there on the preacher curl machine with like my pipe cleaner arms, you know, uh, and uh, he's like, you're doing it all wrong. And I was like, what do you mean doing it wrong? You know, it was just kind of like this. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm lifting weights, man. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And meanwhile, he was like, he was like, no, no. He was over in the corner with two other brutes and they were doing like banded squats or something like banded box squats with like chalk everywhere. And you could tell that they were just big beefy guys who knew what, knew what the hell they were doing. Um, or at least it was probably better than the preacher curls I was doing at the time. And uh, he was like, he was like, look, tomorrow after practice he was like meet us here at whatever time it was like seven o'clock he was like we'll let you we'll let you come come join the crew and lift with us and so you know that's after the practice the next day i was scared shitless but i went over there uh and i i, I worked out with them and they 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 had me starting with squatting with just like a broomstick, right? They, they literally started from ground zero um, with, with my technique and everything. And they kind of took me in under their wing. But I think the reason why they really accepted me was one, because I was, I was really humble and I was, uh, I was mostly quiet and I, I wasn't going to try and like ruin anything. I'm very much, even still to this day, I'm very like low amount of friction with anything. I don't want to be a burden on anybody. And also in that space, I knew to, you know, show my respects and pay my dues. Um, but I, I showed up every day on time. Uh, I worked hard, even whenever they would, uh, you know, try and give me shit or, or, or whatever. I worked through that. I laughed with it. I tried to be a little bit competitive with them and things and, and talk shit back. Um, and from there, I think what I what started the snowball effect that started to happen was I started to see results. You know, I, I, I had this goal of wanting to get bigger, stronger and faster. I got some guidance. I got smarter in the weight room and I had results to show for it. So I got bigger and then my my speed got better on the field. I started gaining weight. Uh, I started getting stronger and the coaches started to notice this and other people, you know, of course, in high school, you have the ego, the vanity aspect of getting more muscular and things and being stronger and being known as like, the guy who lifts. Um, and I took it to a very much extreme, you know, the, with the, with the water jugs and the, you know, I was big into animal pack. I don't know if you know who that is, but they're like the hardcore supplement brand. Um, but I was really into it and that it started to become more of my identity and, and, uh, fast forward to senior year of, of high school. And I was the starting fullback. And so I went from about 160 pounds to, I think I got up to 195 pounds, um, by senior year. And so I was, I was fullback basically we ran a spread. So, uh, not exactly like a traditional, uh, fullback, but then I was also cornerback. So it's just two very unconventional, like the fullback doesn't usually also play cornerback, but I was able to, to build muscle and strength and size in a way that allowed me to still keep my speed and agility and things. So that was good. Uh, and then from there, it was just like, I started to become known as the fitness guy. I competed in a few natural bodybuilding competitions. Uh, I went to, I went to school for, uh, uh, I was originally going to do physical therapy. And so I was into kinesiology, switched my major over to dietetics. And then I started doing some online, online coaching on the side. Clearly I'm giving you the, the revved up version here. I started doing some online coaching on the side with a few friends in the, uh, at the university of Kentucky at the gym. And they started getting results. They told their friends in their fraternity. Basically I told a few others, uh, and then it kind of just kept going from there until I was almost done with school. And I was like, I think I might be able to, I had saved up some money. I was like, I might be able to transition into doing this full time by the time that I graduated. And, and I finally got my registered dietitian credential. And so that's, that's, that's kind of what I, what did I ended up doing? And I haven't had a quote unquote, like real job since, you know, uh, years ago. And, and that's the, that's the full version there. So I hope that was enough for you. It's perfect. That was awesome. And it's cool. Like interviewing somebody that hosts a show, they are always really good at like giving their own story because they've, sure. they've practiced it time and time again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with all of that in mind, I kind of, I got to know quite a bit about you 
you piqued my interest when you talked about real jobs. What were your real jobs prior to this? Like as a young kid, like did you ever yeah. do like any of those odd jobs, those unexpected ones that everybody kind of does? Or uh, tell me more. Sure. Yeah, it was so a few of them would have been. Uh, so like I said, my dad owns an auto body shop. So during the summer, whenever I was in high school, I would go to his shop every day and essentially just clean up the whole shop. As you can imagine, auto body shops get a little bit dirty and there's lots of huge boxes, right? And it, you know, it, throwing away boxes doesn't sound like a difficult job on paper, but whenever there are boxes for like a car hood and you have a trash can that only gets emptied so many days per week, I, I was essentially cutting up boxes and playing Tetris in, I, I would dumpster dive, like I would jump in this trash can um, filled with who knows what, because also other people would throw their shit in there too. Um, but I would essentially have to play Tetris with these these boxes uh, and fit all of them in the in the trash can. And then I would also have to sweep the entire place and just wipe stuff down and just make sure there wasn't crap everywhere. Uh, so I, I did that for a few summers. I also worked at a sporting goods store. So uh, some of the football players, that was kind of a um, only the like lucky players, I guess you could say, got the opportunity to work at the sporting goods because it was essentially just a joke. And uh, uh, it was just retail, like as a cashier and, and, you know, did a bunch of odd jobs and things. But I got to go in there and hang out with like my buddies, like my quarterback also worked there. All of my best friends who were also on the football team or that maybe they were on the basketball team or something like that. Uh, we just got to go in there and, and bullshit around for seven to eight hours uh, for a couple days a week. The boss was super lenient. We would get paid a little bit. You know, we get paid a couple hundred bucks each week. And that for us, that was great because you're in high school and that's awesome. Um, that would be that would be another odd job. And then other than that, the the only other one would be I. So I did work at a strength and conditioning gym um, with Molly Galbraith and Jim Laird. I don't know. You may know who Molly Galbraith is. Yeah, uh, both names are Bell. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Right. Um, I, I worked at their gym as an intern for about six to eight months, I believe. Uh, and, and I just helped out with them. And what's funny is I actually, I don't think I've actually told this much. And I don't care to say it now, but I got fired from that job because uh, I just, so this was sophomore year, I would say, in college. And I just didn't take it as seriously as I should have. And I think it's just because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care as much for some reason. Like it, it just didn't, it didn't hit me as much as I thought it would. I tried really hard to get the job. And then whenever I got the job, I just didn't put in the, the time required. I think I was too busy, you know, like I was either doing something with school or I was just dicking around with my friends and staying up late and probably smoking too much weed and just drinking or hanging out and just shenanigans that I just didn't really care uh, about the job that much. And that showed uh, through the, um, I remember it was actually to give a FMS, so a functional movement screen. We had that one day and uh, we were supposed to be ready. We, we had like um, example clients essentially, and we were supposed to take them through the FMS. And the day that I went in to do mine, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, like I, I for some reason in my head, I was way too overconfident. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do great on this. I'm gonna crush it went in there and they're like watching me like the the gym was sitting there watching me and evaluating me and it just i kept having to refer back to the sheet and make sure i was doing the right things and then after that he just really gave me a good hard talking to and he was like look i have people lined up for this job that would that would take your job in a heartbeat they would love to come here because it was kind of you know a more prestigious gym at least in the area and um and I understood that. And he was like, you're just, he said something that still stuck with, has stuck with me to this day. He was like, you're not going to be able to just charm your way through this entire uh, business, right? With, with these clients and stuff. He was like, we need to take care of our clients and make sure we're top quality. Cause that was what, I, again, full circle to the podcast thing and talking with people. I'm very good at talking with people and connecting and things like that. But of course there there's, there's the soft skills and there's hard skills. And I wasn't putting enough effort towards the hard skills of making sure that I was aligned with their philosophies in the the gym. And I what he was exactly right. It was such a like, and I remember taking it right on the chin whenever he said that. And I was just like, 
fuck, he's right. You know, it's just like when you're right, you're right. And and I I um yeah, and that then he he ended up it, he basically fired me a few days later. I think I screwed up something else or, or, or whatever. And uh, that was it. He called me in my office and he was like, look, I think you've got some uh, maturing to do basically is, is what he told me. And, and I knew he was right. I was like, dude, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you've got some maturing you want you need to do. And, you know, he said a few other things, but I just, I still remember it to this day, like rocking my ego very hard, but it was, I needed that check. I needed that. Like, Hey, sure you can talk to people but there's levels to this shit and if you want to make sure that you keep keep your quality high and keep rising to the top you're going to have to make sure that those hard skills match the 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 soft skills you have as well um and and he, he was absolutely right and plus i also just don't think that that job I didn't do any in-person training after that. And I've been online ever since. And so maybe, maybe there's something to be said there as far as a mismatch on the, the career type in general. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the last, I think actual, cause it was a paid internship. That's the last job I've actually had. And that was yeah sophomore year in college, which was 2014, I think. Well, I mean, it's important to kind of have those moments. Like I almost, go into situations expecting people to have encountered those those times like that's the value of having jobs that lead up to the careers that we're most uh, passionate about because if you get knocked down you're probably not going to forget those things and you're going to learn these like new skills that help you to stay afloat when the next setback comes um with regards to that long ramble of mine like it's easy to receive feedback. Like it's easy to hear somebody's feedback, but it's, it's pretty hard to act on it consistently. Like what were the actions that you had to take to learn that lesson and like continue to like learn that lesson kind of thing? Like basically with everything that you learned, how did you stay on track from that point forward? I think that that was the, the gut check that I needed because I think I was, um, it, it was almost like the the minimum effective effort that I needed to put forth. And if you're going to excel, if you're going to make something for yourself, especially especially if you're going to do your own thing, right? Which is something that I, that I it was a very small seed in my mind at that time. I was like, maybe I could potentially do something myself. Um, but I knew that, that he was right. And it's like, if I had the audacity to try and go after that, I needed to make sure that I put in the work required to, to keep going forward. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that that was kind of a catalyst to me, um, working harder, honestly. And I, and I think that that just came down to doing more research, putting in more time, maybe cleaning up my act, uh, a little bit more, um, really taking that to heart and, and remembering that feeling. And I can still remember it to this day, uh, of, of, of how that felt, uh, and how it could still feel if that happened again and if i didn't correct if i hadn't corrected it whenever it happened the first time um so so yeah i mean i think it's it, it, it's literally it comes down to making sure i kept my standards high and, and that's you know i know that that's kind of like vague and there's nothing super practical there but ways of, of keeping my standards high was probably spending more time uh really thinking about what i wanted to do uh, and, and making sure that I was getting the grades that I needed to get. I was making sure that I was, I was, uh, my routine on a regular basis was, was mostly in check. Um, I was growing up to be honest. And, uh, I was probably reading, I was reading a little bit more. I started to turn towards probably more like self-development type things. I know I went through a big, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk phase or so Gary V phase. And I, and I still love Gary V to this day. I will, I have no, um, uh, I have no reservations to promote Gary Vee. I know a lot of people don't like him or they have their own judgments of him, but I have seen so many hundreds of hours of his videos. I was like, if you want to have that conversation about Gary Vee, I will go to the death with anybody because while I don't know him, I know his trainers who have trained him for years very well. And that will vouch for the type of person that he is um, and the type of content that he puts out. 
I've watched it all. So there's my little uh, side blowjob to Gary V there. Um, but but he he was one of the one of the big people that I got into is self development, and I think that everything that he was saying as far as he he preaches he preaches hard work, he preaches uh, empathy for for other people, he preaches kindness, he preaches patience. Essentially, it was the formula. Like that's the thing with Gary V is he is very like surface level on a lot of the main things that are probably right. What, what people don't realize is that Gary V is kind of like one of the first Stoics before Stoicism was like super popular. Popular, at least I feel like, you know, um, but a lot of the things that he say, says aligns with these certain philosophies that I know. And he says, he's like, I don't read anything. And so all of these things have just been naturally ingrained in him, either through genetic wiring or through him running multiple millions of dollars worth of business. Like he has multiple, he's a serial entrepreneur. People think he's just this. Uh, and I'm, and I'm talking about Gary Vee as an analogy to the rest of the things that I'm, I'm the point I'm getting at. It's not, this could be said about any people, but Gary Vee is just a good example, but every, everything that he, he, he talks about, is just like, that's the formula that so many young kids, especially. And that's what some of his, his, uh, um, content is is aimed towards or it's towards people who are maybe a little bit older but never went through this reality check and maybe they needed that in their 20s or 30s or something or even later right they kind of have this this little crisis and and i think that watching his videos every single day checking off all these boxes learning more reading more i think it was just like my thirst for making sure that that never happened again and that feeling didn't ever happen again that was the the catalyst in me like getting my ducks in a row to be honest definitely i, I mean people people need to kind of know where they don't want to be again in order to know where they want to go like absolutely you, you can't course correct without having to course correct like you can't mm -hmm. go down the path you want to go to down unless you've been down the path that you don't want anything to do with and exactly it's like three different examples in a row i mean <laughs> like with all my analogies right. and stuff but uh something that kind of got my attention this past year like 2020 everybody's had their own respective experience with it everybody's kind of like been humbled or like enlightened in their own way but through my observations like i think i've followed you for like about a year or so now um mm -hmm. and i noticed that you had a pretty exciting year like a lot happened like there was a lot of change a lot of uh, hard work paying off so tell me about uh your 2020. Mm -hmm. yeah so in the in the beginning of so i was in in the beginning of the the pandemic i was in lexington kentucky where i where i am right now um and then my it's now my ex-girlfriend my my, my ex-girlfriend got into law school into new york city and so long story short since my job is all online it's remote it's flexible i was i had the ability to move and my lease ran up I think in July or August for my current apartment in, in Kentucky. And so my plan was, okay, after this happens, I'm going to move to New York City to, to be with her because she was there for law school. Um, and so, yeah, I, I literally in the middle of the pandemic, August 2020, uh, I, I packed up all my stuff here in, in Lexington and, and in Kentucky in general, because this is where all of my I've been in Kentucky for, you know, it was like 25 or 26 years. I'm 27 right now. Um, and, uh, that's a big deal for, especially for people, people in Kentucky, it's just like tr tradition is everything here and being with family is, is, is everything here. And you don't kind of, most people don't leave home. You don't leave your, your people. Um, and so it was very much like hero journey esque, where it's like you, you kind of have that call to adventure. And I wanted to answer that call essentially by going to New York city. And so that's exactly what I did in, in August 2020. I went to New York City and then we had an apartment in the Hell's Kitchen area. And that was a that was definitely a, a huge change. It, I mean, all around, you know, it's just such a contrast going from. Uh, so I was born and raised in Asher, Kentucky, which is about 20,000 people. And then I, I spent quite a bit of time here in Lexington because this is where the University of Kentucky is. And there's about 300, 330,000 people here. And then moving to New York City, which is like 9 million or something with a, you know, a very small space, uh, get, given it was during coronavirus. So I kept saying it's like New York City on training wheels. And um, 
so yeah, there was, there was tons of, there was tons of differences. Um, but also I realized that, and I think what the pandemic also illuminates for a lot of people is that your daily routine is everything in the sense that there's so many things that can change around you externally, but the things that you can control, it's just like, you have to, especially whenever it's super chaos around, like super chaotic around you to remain calm. I have to rely back on the, the habits and the skills that I have built pre pandemic. And of course you're, you're going to have like the pandemic can throw a wrench in quite a few of things, whether plans or your job or whatever. Um, but it's just like, you can still, for example, you can still wake up and make your bed, right? And then after making your bed, then you can go take a shower, go through your morning routine. You can meditate. After that, you can um, list out your your three priorities for the day. It's just like all, of, and then you can execute on those. And then, right? So there's so many things, pandemic or not, New York or or Kentucky or not. It's just like the the person who you are still goes with you. And that's what I kept realizing is that the routines that I was building doesn't matter if I'm in Kentucky, if I'm in New York, if I'm in Egypt, right? It's just like these, these routines, the stuff that we do every single day, that that these standards that I had set for myself, it it can your pandemic already made things harder for people. But it's just like, you don't need to suffer more than necessary, right? And so there is a certain amount of things that are within your control. And so it's like, it is on you, despite Right. So it's not uh, what's what's the saying? So the pandemic wasn't any of our faults. Right. But it is our responsibility to take actions to continue to to better ourselves. And whenever I say better ourselves, I, I don't I don't agree with everything that like people said on social media as far as like, you know, the pandemic's here. So now's the time to like double down on your side hobby or get this hustle in or read all the books. Or it's like, if you didn't grow during this time, then you're a failure or whatever. It's like, dude, that's complete bullshit. And it's so, it's so arrogant to talk like that because most people are just trying to figure out where the fuck their rent is coming from next week. And it's just so out of touch with reality. And I think that uh, honestly being in Kentucky helps me with that. Cause I just, I come in contact with real fucking people on a regular basis. Whereas in like New York or these big cities, you can be in this, this, this bubble. And of course that's a generalization as well, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, but it, it's like those things that I can control and, and keep excelling forward. I had to double down on and, and that can, and I say all this and while that, that sounds simple, it's definitely not easy. Uh, especially whenever there's constant change going around, you have the, 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 news media right you have doom scrolling on social media you have all these things kind of coming at you at all times um but it's just like i still had to persevere mostly just i mean you know i run my own business i had to continue to try and and make something for myself and and uh um, adapt to the the situation with things um and, and so i mean overall 2020 i think was a you know it was it was a it was a fine year i didn't do like amazing but i also definitely you know didn't do do bad either uh, i think it was it, it was fine and then now i'm glad that things are things are starting to to ease up a bit and uh hopefully you know i think we're we're towards the the end of this thing and and it's only things are starting to ramp up more and more and i think that that's just good for for everybody and i think it's mostly I'm just happy to see people's faces again. I'm happy that people are enjoying themselves uh, again, uh, you know, in, in these different crowds or going to different events. It's just getting back to some type of normalcy. It's like being in, it's like living somewhere where it's always rainy. And then finally you go somewhere where it's, you know, it's like going from Portland, Oregon to LA, right? It's like Portland, Oregon is for the most part, like it's going to be rainy a lot. And then you go to, to LA and it's just sunshine and you're just like, oh shit, you don't, I didn't realize all the stuff that I missed until it came back, right? I didn't realize how much I missed hanging out with friends or going out to eat with friends um, or just going on a date night or something or uh, just just going to the grocery store and not having to worry about a mask or wiping everything down or whatever, right? It's just like I, I, I was happy to get that back. So, so yeah, I mean, 2020 was a year of change, but it was still it's just a constant refinement on focusing on the basics and what will work pandemic or not. Definitely. I mean, there's so much that people kind of got struck with and it's, 
we can take it one of two ways. We can either take it as something that knocks us down and we'll never get back up, or it's back again to your whole experience having worked for that gym where it kind of taught you where you won't go back down to again. Like it's given you the foothold to take steps forward and not have to take the same steps backward. Obviously, like anyone, everybody's going to take some steps backward and recover or just like um, take time to reflect. With that being said, I'd imagine there was, you might have had to go through some some type of introspection or reflection as you kind of move back to your roots uh, or just mm-hmm. like spent time there. Like what what's introspection like for you? Like I know what it's like for me, but I want to hear your your take on it. Yeah, for sure. And so you mean like moving back here to to Kentucky from New York? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, and so to you, you kind of uh, came to the punchline there. So so me and my 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 ex girlfriend, we did we did break up here here recently, um, and it's all good. We're still friends. I won't I won't start crying on the podcast or anything. Um, but that is why I made the heartbreak comment earlier, um, which is just that yeah, I thought I was clever. It was uh, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um. But as far as the the introspection goes, and now that I'm back here in in Kentucky with my family and friends, I think that that's that's the biggest thing is like the 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 strength of the support system that I have is just you know it's unmatched. Like I, I'm currently at my best friend's house. We've been best friends since like elementary school, basically. And all of the guys in my close friend group here, um, uh, I call these like my normal friends because I have like internet friends, like you would be an internet friend, right? And then we have other people who are internet friends that we come in contact with, but we've never maybe met in person. But these guys are the reverse, right? They're they're quote unquote, you know, hate to call them normal, but it's a quote unquote like normal guys, my normal guy friends who I grew up with. and, and, and having that, I just realized how lucky I am to have that support system. And so while I can go through something shitty, like uh, a breakup, I was fortunate enough to come back home and, and be, you know, just a, a, a so much support from family and, and friends and, and being here and keeping me focused and keeping me also like, uh, not just sitting around doing nothing. Like my buddy has a boat. So we've been going out on the boat, just lots of things that I wasn't able to do in New York city. Just lots of, well, well, not that I couldn't do them, but I just wasn't going out on a boat in New York city regularly. Um, but I was, I've been in nature more. I've been hanging outside more. I've been getting some more sun. My parents have a pool in their backyard and, and, and I, I really do, that's something that I thought about while I was in New York is that I'm not going to be able to spend as much time with my family as I want to. And it's just like, I'm 27. My parents are, my dad's 60. My mom's almost 60. And it's just like, you come to this realization. It's just, you know, it is what it is, but they don't have a ton of time left. And it, you know, it, it still hurts me to even say that, but it is, it is true. Right. And, and, and that's something that I am extremely mindful of. And that's why in New York city, I came back after every you know, probably at least like 12 weeks or so every, every three months, uh, tops, I came back in to, to visit my, my family and friends just because I still, even if I did live somewhere else, I wanted to, to come back here. And so the, the introspection that I I've had is a lot of that, just a lot of kind of checking in with myself. And I, I think it, it's a lot of late nights, uh, to, to be honest, like, I don't, I don't care to talk about it, but I, I do enjoy smoking weed and like meditating at nighttime occasionally, um, or, or having a glass of bourbon or something and, and doing some journaling, right. It's like, I use it as a, as a tool for, for deeper thinking. And, 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 you know, it's, I, even as I said that a lot of people talk about like microdosing and all like psychedelics and, and talking about all this, this shit, I don't want it to come across. Like, I'm not saying that shit to sound cool to you all. Right. Like I'm saying it because I genuinely, I feel more creative whenever I have a glass of bourbon uh, over not having a glass of bourbon. Um, And so I use these as tools to just kind of unlock, and especially after a big life event like that, it's just like you have to kind of reassess because with a relationship that I was in for, you know, over four years, whenever you go through a breakup like that, you lose a part of yourself. And and I'm not trying to get too sappy or deep or whatever, but it's just like you, you genuinely do lose a part of yourself. So it's just like, you have to fill that void with something. And so I think what I have filled that up with is spending more time with family and friends that I, that I didn't have before. I think it's uh, um, like, I bought tickets to go see uh, Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle here recently uh, with, with a couple of my friends here in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. And it's like, I, 
I could have maybe if he can he because he's coming to to New York eventually. And I had a few friends in New York, right? But it wasn't, it's not, it wouldn't be the same going with them as it would be going with my friends who I've been friends with for over a decade, right? And, and even longer. Um, so I think I just, I had to figure out where are my quote unquote like weaknesses or where am I lacking or where, what part of my, which cup needs needs filled up the most. And so while the relationship cup was down, I was able to pour more into these these other things that still make me very, very happy. And then I had been um, distanced from because of the fact that I was in New York City. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's a day-to-day -day thing. I still have waves of emotions. I still have shitty times. But it, like I said, it is just a con it's a day-to-day, moment-to-moment refinement of if I'm going down the spiral of negative thinking, it's just like, you just have to take a step back, take a deep breath, reassess, uh, and then, and then keep moving forward from there. Um, and, and so, yeah, I guess that's kind of what the, the introspection looks like. I totally, totally get that. And I was like, basically in having this conversation, I know what the answers could be. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to take them down this path if he doesn't want to go there, but you, you, we went there. And okay, great. <laughs> it's, it's cool because there's so much that a person can relate to. Like, I mean, um, the other, the other week, Bumble sent me a care package. Like that's, <laughs> that's how much introspection that I've been having. <laughs> that's amazing. I got like a hat and a lanyard and like a phone, then a little button thing. And like some... the, the dating app Bumble, correct? Yeah. They sent, Oh, hold on. I can reach the sunglasses from here. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Please go do that. I'll fill in the dead air. Yeah. So oh shit i got oh. uh, these yellow frame glasses from from those, bumble as part of my care package incredible and i'm not quite sure on the practicality of them but when basically i can i know how you feel and i know the value <laughs> of i know the value of spending time with parents um my parents are in their later 60s i spent so much time with them during the pandemic they are like my biggest role models i learned so much from them and it's yeah, just cool man. to like spend time like for myself. Um, I just like my dad and I split trees. Like we would chop them down. I would take them to the wood splitter. My mom would help. And it's like the most quality time I've spent with them. They still have so many lessons to teach me. Of course. Um, and it's been so cool. And you talk about like, uh, like real friends versus internet friends or like, like in-person friends versus internet friends. And Ironically, I've really made a lot of internet friends. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah, I have some in-person friends, but I've uh, I don't downplay how much my internet friends mean to me, and not to sound sappy, but just that like it's been so cool to really lean into some of those connections. Sure, because you get to learn like as a podcast host, you get to learn so much about people. Like mm. you've shared a couple things on this episode that. Uh, that are new that I wouldn't have been able to guess from scrolling through your social media. Right. Um, right. And yeah, it you're exactly right. Connects us. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's For like sure. truly like breaking bread. It's, it's exactly what it is. And that's why I love conversation. At least like, that's why I, I, I love like legit conversations. Like I, I, whenever it's a too much of an interview or at least maybe it's just me, but I like whenever people come to my podcast, it's why I have the mini sods, which are just like my shorter seven to 20 minute um, episodes that are more typically related more so towards just like some specific fitness topic or nutrition topic. And then I save the uh, other more lifestyle conversations like this for the, the guests that come on. Whenever the guests come on, it's it's for the most part, I may have a few questions lined up just to make sure that we don't have tons of dead air or something if something gets awkward. Um, but for the most part, it's just like, I, I, again, going back to what I said, it's like, I am genuinely curious in these people and what they have to say about certain things and questions that I've been wanting to ask them for a long time. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's just like, the, these the, I wanna get past uh, a lot of the bullshit like it's just like let's let's get the walls down let's talk about the the interesting stuff and i think you're right like with this goes back to the the family aspect it's just like 
when's the last time you've done that with your parents, right? Like when's the last time you've done that even with, with like normal friends that that's also can be tricky. I, I think you can have deep conversations, but if you, if you don't foster those over time, you can kind of get on autopilot with your relationships and, and you can just kind of like, it can just, they can just be there and they don't get much deeper. Uh, and I, I even remembered hearing, something from somebody about relationships with your close friends, especially the ones that you grew up with. And it, it was just like, you don't, you don't want to just constantly live in the past and rehash old stories with them. It's just like, of course, reminiscing is one of my fucking favorite things to do, right? Like it, it genuinely is like, I love nostalgia. I love, I love, you know, talking about old stories, talking shit about something one of my buddies did or whatever. Um, but also, it's just like, we need to go a little bit deeper. We need to just, you know, make an effort to be interested in other people. And that's funny. The last podcast I made, the mini like you said, how to make friends. The One of the things on there that I said is, is to be interesting, you have to be interested, right? So you have to be interested in the other person. And I think we can let that fall to the wayside whenever we've already kind of done all that that legwork up front with these friends who we've been friends with for years and then it's just like you realize i don't know what's going on in their life at all we're just sitting here shooting the shit and talking about old stories or, or maybe current like society things or whatever which is cool and fine you know but it's just like at some point let's let's get a little bit deeper let's 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 go there um and and i think that it will only be again it'll be a win-win uh, for everybody. Cause I, you know, with us, we're lucky to have these online jobs and we can have these types of conversations with each other. Um, but, uh, you know, with, with friends, we don't schedule an hour to have a deep conversation for the most part, right? Most people I know, and I know I don't, maybe I should schedule an hour for, you know, what's funny now that I say that I do that with internet friends, but I don't do that as much with my, my close friends here. And so maybe that's, that's me, me learning something like with, uh, um, you know, Austin current or, or, uh, Cody McBroom or, uh, Miguel Blakehood, or I just talked to Alex Cartmill from the, the PTDC, the personal training development center. It's just like, I, I can get on a zoom call with them and talk for an hour to two hours and we can go deep about stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't even know how I got down this, but avoiding those too much of the surface level stuff is going to be a benefit for everybody. Definitely. I mean, you brought up the whole like scheduling things with with in person people. I actually started doing that. Like, if if somebody's gonna go for a walk with me, I put it in my calendar. Sometimes I even grab their yeah. email address to kind of like hold them accountable, like with Google yeah, and everything. Go. I'm like, you're yeah, gonna get sure. the appointment notification. I want to see you at <laughs> blank park at blank o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about it, man. I like it. Well, it's just like, it's kind of like uh, programming a person's workout or like coaching them in any capacity. You kind of have to have like, you have to contextualize the accountability for them. And you take it more serious. Exactly. Like you just take it more serious. Um, so with all that being said, like you've got the stuff that you do online, you've got all these things that you've learned about yourself. How do you maintain the boundaries to maintain that as we go forward? Are you going to burn yourself out or do you have like rules in place that set you up to continue to like fill your bucket as needed? Mm, yeah. I like that question. Um, I don't think that I'm going to burn out, especially not now that I'm single for God's sake. I think, uh, I think I can do basically, or, or actually, you know what, maybe I will be more tending to, to burn myself out because I am focused mostly on business. Um, but no, I think what I do is, well, actually it's just kind of more natural. I feel like I'm a, a productive, lazy person and, <laughs> and I, I have, I have always been, I have always like as i talk about these these things with with balance and the type of content that i put out and everything it's just like that's not a shtick or it's like it's not like my niche or or whatever it's like that's just what naturally happens and how i think about things and i think i was lucky lucky enough to have a very balanced and and uh, amazing relationship with my my parents and have a great family and a great childhood and all these things just kind of you know worked out um and and that gives me a very uh and of course i was gonna say a very balanced outlook on life but also of course i've done you know as i talked about with the gary v and the personal development like i have worked hard very hard um 
and I've worked very hard on developing an outlook like this, like reading Stoicism or philosophy or any types of book on, uh, you know, like Buddhism or something like that or spirituality or whatever you want to call it. Right. It's just like I have tried to foster a peaceful mind. I don't want to say happiness, but I think I have always tried to find peace. And that comes from constantly checking in with yourself and constantly exploring the truth behind your emotions. This is actually what I talked about with Alex Cartmill because he he came on and and just commended me for the type of content that I put out. He was like, you can just tell whenever, just by reading a few things that people do or, or talking with them, you're just like, we're on the same wavelength. And I don't know what that even means necessarily, but it's just like our morals, our values, our worldview perspective. It's just like, we're aligned. And what I told him was that I, I was like, I feel like it's because it's the truth. Like we both and without sounding too guruish, it's like we both honor the truth. Like we we try to discover whatever that is. And that typically it's it's a form of understanding. And and I think that whenever I talk about I constantly check in with myself, it's just like and, and if I'm feeling these negative emotions, it's like I have to do the these explorations into those emotions to find what's the root, right? What's the root problem here? And I think if you can have the courage to do that, because that's what it is, it's courage to self reflect, it's, 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 it's courageous to go deep. And whenever you're feeling negative about something, and it's probably ego related, it's just like, a good practical example to get out of the clouds for a second is, and I put this on my story and a lot of people related, but I was just like, one of the main things whenever I have had like a meh day, like it's just not been the best day uh, or, or whatever it's it, for the most part, it's just like, I didn't to sum it all up. It's like, I didn't follow through on the promises that I, that I made to myself like over and over and over again throughout the entire day. Um, and, and that's what I said. It started the, the night before as far as getting shitty sleep. And then I wake up in just not the best mood and just kind of irritable and, and slower. Uh, and then maybe my morning gets started slower and maybe I didn't have a plan for that day. So I'm in a very reactive state and a reactive state is never good. And maybe there's one little thing that goes wrong, but you're very hyper, um, sensitive to, to that negative thing. And then that kind of snowballs into something else. Uh, and then maybe, you know, you missed a workout or you didn't eat well, uh, or maybe you, you've had too much screen time. You, excuse me, you haven't, um, gone outside enough. You haven't gotten enough sun. It's like all of these things, uh, that will have an effect on my overall mood and well being and, and my peace. And I think one of the biggest ones, is going to be like getting my my shit done for work like if i because i i have these a lot of these things that that check the boxes for me that allow me to continue to live in this peaceful manner for the most part right i'm not trying to say like i'm always i'm always pumped or anything like that but for the most part it's like i'm a pretty optimistic positive guy um but if i start to fall to the wayside on these priorities and specifically with business just because that's your livelihood you know um that's whenever I can start to really get into these negative moods. And what it is, is I feel like I deserve that peace. However, I'm pissed at myself because I didn't earn it, but I try to hide behind the guys of excuses for the most part, right? It's just like all of the shit had, like, I wasn't able to get all these things done, but it's because X, Y, and Z. And it's like, the thing is, though, you can't bullshit yourself, even if you're doing it subconsciously, even if you think that you're you feel this one way. This is why you have a lot of people have that constant hum of anxiety in the background, just a very low level, constant hum of anxiety. And it's usually because there's a laundry list of things that they have not confronted yet about why their life is the way it is. And that can be very hard to deal with. And, and Tim Ferriss talked about this uh, in, I think, a post, or he said somebody else said, I don't even remember who it was, but he said to ask yourself the, qu the question, how am I complicit in creating the conditions that I say I don't want? Right? Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? It's just like, whenever I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck, he's right. You know, it's just like, you have to, you have to ask those hard questions. Uh, and this is, this is, this is uh, um, applicable to something as practical as taking it to fitness. This is why people don't want to step on the scale. They don't want to confront reality. It's like they can weigh 200 pounds, 
and, and not step on the scale, but still weigh 200 pounds, right? But their acknowledgement of stepping on the scale and realizing they, they weigh 200 pounds is going to make them feel a lot of negative emotions if that's, you know, overweight for them, right? Or, or, or heavier than they want to be. It's like that can, that can shine a light on all the, the shit they've not been taken care of, right? And so that's one of the thing. Another thing would be uh, not checking your bank account. How many people don't check their bank account because they don't want to figure out how much money they don't have? And that, because that's a reflector on your self-worth, right? And, and you know, for, for some people uh, or, or looking at achievements, right? And this is just, you know, obviously this can be unraveled into to so many different things, but it's just like, I would highly recommend instead that you have to, fight those battles as quickly as they come up. And while that can be difficult and, and trust me, I, I understand how difficult it can be. Um, you're just going to, you're, you're, you're just, you're, you know what, actually, and I know I'm rambling, but I, I hope that there's some value here, but with, uh, so, so Dr. Jordan Peterson, I'm, I'm a fan of his and he talks about choosing your suffering. Right. And he was like, they're, they're, you're going to have two paths in life and you're going to suffer either way. He was like, but one path you're going to go down and you're going to suffer because you didn't check all these boxes that I've been talking about. You didn't confront all of these things. You didn't look at your bank account. You didn't worry about your health. Right. And so then you're going to suffer from disease or, or being, uh, not having lots of money or having bad relationships with people, et cetera. Right. You're going to suffer that way, or you can choose the other path and still suffer, but the suffering would be, I've got to stay up late tonight to make sure I finish this project for this person that I said I would get to them in the morning, right? So I kept that promise to them. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do the work that I need to get done because it's like, I want to, I care about my health and I don't want to have diseases. I'm going to have this salad because I know it's going to have the micronutrients to make me feel better and to, to prevent disease in the long term even though it sucks and I'd rather have a burger with fries. It's like all of these, these different things. Sure. You're, you're still going to suffer that way, but at least then you get closer to your ideal. You, you, you suffer, you get to choose your suffering, right? You get to, you, you get to choose that path. Um, and, and typically your life is going to be much better with the latter, right. Than the former. So there, that's, that's the end of my rant. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, he just covered so many points in like, <laughs> a subtle 10 minutes. Um, so to kind of keep us on our timeline, there's a question that I tried out yesterday in one of my interviews. And uh, the question is, if you had 10 minutes on a park bench to have a chat with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? So I'm going to take family out of this equation because I think that that's somewhat of a cop-out answer, but just know that it would definitely be family. Um, if it couldn't be them, and you said dead or alive. Yep. And I could have a conversation with them. My immediate, like, uh, my immediate white millennial 27 year old male answer first goes to like Joe Rogan, um, <laughs> simply, <laughs> simply because, simply because he's talked to so many interesting people. And it's like, you can have your opinion on Joe or whatever, like, you know, it's cool, it's fine. Um, but it's just like, he's talked to so many interesting people. It's just like, I feel, and, and I've, I've, I, I do admire him and what he does, at least as far as how he's designed his life is talk about somebody who, in my opinion, has won the game, uh, with, with all of this stuff of getting paid millions of dollars to do what he loves on a regular basis and, and talk to these people. And he also does stand up comedy and he takes care of his health and he's a great dad. He's a great husband, at least as far as I know, you know, but for the most part from everybody that even his close friends and things. And again, I I'm confident with my EQ. I can read people. I can tell when somebody's bullshitting. And for him, I just feel like he's being genuine and honest with his answers. It's just like that dude, he's, he's, he's got, he's got the things covered and whether you, you agree with him or not, it's like, that's not the point. Like look deeper, like fucking just put a, your, your beliefs aside or your emotions aside, your political ideologies, whatever, and just look at him as a person. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate people who care about their life. Like they, they, it's just like, you have. God, I sound so much like it. And just, I'm not trying to be like a guru or motivational speaker or whatever, but it's just like, you do have one life, right? And that's the Gary Vee saying, you do have one life. And so it's just like, why not try and fucking make it awesome? And so with the conversation, like, I, I don't know what we would, we would talk about necessarily or anything like that, but I think it would probably be Rogan so that we could just chat through a couple things. And if it wasn't him, 
no, I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go with Rogan. There's a few other, maybe like, uh, um, uh, maybe like a, just a couple neuroscientists or, or, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Dr. Jordan Peterson earlier, he's a psychotherapist and things. It's like talking to these people who can probably give me some type of introspection into my own life and unlock a few things that I don't know. Um, but for just like a bro conversation, I think Rogan's going to be, he's going to be a fun chat. Definitely. And it's cool to hear people's answers on that. And like something that I learned in this period of time when it was just like our connections were limited was mm -hmm. that like just because somebody's not published doesn't mean that they don't have the same conversations. So I'll kind of like mm -hmm. uh, hopefully inspire you to make light of the people that you see in the grocery store. Like, I mean, not that we have to go and do podcasts with people that we see in the grocery store, but who's to say that they haven't had just as much conversations and have as many hats as Joe Rogan. Oh, and that's very, like, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Especially just like an, uh, some, some older dude that maybe has like some fucking war stories or something. Like I'm sure it'd be incredible. Right. Um, and that's, that's true. That's why, uh, uh, you know, I really admire, and I promise we can wrap up, but with, with, uh, I really admire, there's a comedian named Theo Vaughn and he's this, this country guy from Louisiana. He's a very down to earth, humble, um, uh, relatable guy. He's got a mullet, all kinds of stuff. Um, just a good dude. And he, on his podcast, which has hundreds of thousands of people listening, probably maybe even millions, he has on like, it's like Theo Vaughn and a plumber. Or, or it's like Theo Vaughn and a construction worker. Like he, his target audience, like for the most part is, is like the everyday normal person. And so whenever they have on these types of people, like he had on the, uh, the, uh, the CEO of, of raising canes. And so anybody who knows what raising canes is, it's just like, it's this chicken joint that's local. At least it's big around here in Kentucky, but it's, they just do fried chicken. And so he had the CEO on and they talked about fried chicken and the, the enterprise. It's just like that that shit's cool. And it's just like, yeah, you're absolutely right with everyday people. Um, and it's why I try and have my friends on too, right? Just one for my own selfishness, because it's my podcast, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do. But it's just fun to sometimes hear. It's so fun to hear them talk about random things that maybe we haven't talked about. So this is going back to like scheduling our time. Um, but also, dude, the, I can see it on their face whenever we end the podcast, they are so lit up and just like, I could have talked for two more hours, right? Like I could have kept, like I could have talked so much more. That's so fun. We have to do this more often. And that's, that's, that's exactly right. It's just because most people just want to be listened to. Like they just want to talk and, and have someone hear them because that is bringing it full circle. It's so rare these days, but, but yeah, so that's just a, the addendum to what you just said. <laughs> True that. No, I just <laughs> like, it's, it's uh, something that I definitely haven't taken for granted is the, the ability to see the value in every interaction that we have because then it creates more abundant life for us, gives us more of what we're looking for. We get more yeah. connection. It's just it's everywhere we turn. Um, there's one more thing that'll get you to do before we wrap up for the day. And okay. so for every episode, I have my guest give my audience a challenge for the day. Now, I... I've set the bar very high for you because you've uh, taken taken the show to new frontiers today. You've really uh, um, set yourself apart. So if you were going to give the audience a challenge that you think would improve their day, um, family friendly, good for everybody, what would that challenge be? You just uh, dish it out to them right now. Start documenting your life. Um, I, I think that, and this is the answer like, journaling right and it's so cliche to say journaling but i'm not saying there's no structure to this what i have is i have a uh there's an app on my laptop i don't think you can get it on your phone and i would recommend not doing this on your phone just because there's too many distractions and things but with your laptop or, or computer or whatever there's an app called TextPad. i think is what it's called and it's literally just a plain text uh app that pops up it's just this little white square box with nothing in it but where you can type and and what i do is i i put the and i don't do this every day right i i'm not saying that you need to journal every day all i'm saying is that you can whenever you think about it whenever something happens in your life or maybe just my role is to write in this journal is like whenever i do think oh maybe i should write something down today, I instantly go do it, right? Like I, I go, I think about it. And then I'm just like, I'm just going to go type this out. And it could be one sentence. It could be a hundred sentences. There's literally no rules. There's no judgment. There's, there's like, 
there's no pressure, right? And just start writing shit. It doesn't have to sound good. There's no grammar. Like you're the only one seeing this. So it's like, don't try to perform for anybody with the writing or, or feel like you're going to sound stupid. But, but what I'm getting at here is that I started doing this in 2019 and it's been so cool to go through my timeline of different things and realize I'm still worried about the same shit that I was worried about, you know, two years ago. Right. And then it, it was very cool to go back and look at my, my thoughts uh, around coronavirus. Whenever it first started happening, I had entries in there from right before it started. I'm like, Oh, there's this new thing called coronavirus. You know, I'm, I'm thinking it'll just pass over here soon. And then little did I know, right. Like how big it was going to be, but then it's cool to go through and see those things. And it's like, that's just within, from now until 2019. But could you imagine if, if I kept doing this for the next 10, 20, 30 years? And it's like, could I, I don't know how much money I would pay to, to have like my, my, my parents do the same thing or like my, my grandparents who maybe I didn't know as well, because I also love comparing similarities between me and like my relatives. I think that that's super cool. Um, but it's just like, it's something that one, you can get out all of your, your thoughts and, and you can talk through emotional problems. Like do go on there whenever you're, you're feeling good, go on there when you're feeling bad, or just whenever you have something you want to make a note of, right. Um, go, go and do that and try to, to make it a consistent thing. And then over time, I, I think that if there's anything worth doing, I, I feel like that is, is, is going to be so powerful. And then you can look at that in for years to come, you can see patterns of certain things that you are worried about and that you problem solved. And maybe you're still worried about it, except at like a higher level or something. Right. Um, noticing those patterns, self-reflecting on yourself. And then also it's like, you can give it to your kids. Or could you imagine if I started, whenever I have a child, I started documenting every single day. Cause it's something that I very much thought about is, is like documenting every single day from the day that my child was born and then giving to that to them for like their 18th birthday or something. Right. Could you imagine like, how, like seeing your parents like thoughts and how they're going through things. It's just like something valuable that you can do again goes back to the very beginning the concept that i love so much is just like it's a win-win for everybody uh, and whether you decide to share it or not that's that's on you but it's just like in the end you can still at least have this for yourself so it's just like do it for yourself so today put the date that's all i do i put i put the date i put the time and then i just start writing no no judgment whatever just start writing and then you can end whenever you want and then at the very end you write the end date or the end time Right. And that's it. So that's my advice. That's awesome. And just the way that you made it different than just your stereotypical journaling, like it, it gives me a reason to be motivated to give it a try. Yes. So it's for not, that it's not, there's alone. not a, it's not, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's not like a gratitude journal. You don't have to write, there's no format. There's no three things. It's just like, just talk about your day if you want, right. Or talk about what's been on your mind. And so that, like even going through the breakup, that's what I wrote the, the day after my breakup happened, I wanted to write in there cause I knew it would be fresh. Right. And so I, I wrote down everything. And so it's interesting to go back even that was three weeks ago and how much my emotions and, and mental state has changed since then. Right. And you can, you can correlate through these. And now I know next time you're going through something difficult like that. It can be helpful to be like, dude, I went through this same shit last time and I got through it. So I'm probably going to be fine this time too. You know, so that's why it can be so valuable. Definitely. I mean, we're on the same page as far as that goes. I've gotten so much value from going back in the episodes of my podcast in a similar fashion because it's kind of like a journal for me. Like I've, I've, yeah, there's so much of my journey that is subtly dropped in there. And then just like as a side note, anybody that's listening to this, there's a few names that have been dropped through the show. Austin Current's been on the show twice. Um, so there, oh, there's nice. a reason to go back through the history of the lifestyle chase to listen. Um, your info is going to be on the show notes. So anybody that wants to learn more about Matt McLeod, they will have all the links there. But with all of that being said, I just want to thank you so much for, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to, to talk to you today. Yeah. Thank you, man. I, again, I, I'm still amazed that I'm ever invited on anything. And as you guys can tell, I like talking, especially talking about myself. Um, but yeah,